But anyway, okay, you so, worked for a mortgage company. So were you doing originating or what did they have you doing? Wasn't. So, you know, with my degree in internet marketing, when I first came on, they said, hey, can you help us get more leads? And so thankfully, after a couple of months, I was able to help them with the SEO side of it, the online marketing, the email marketing. And then they said, hey, there are also these people called realtors. If you could get them to like us, that would be awesome. They're kind so said, of a big deal to us. You know, they're kind of a big deal. Can you make that girl like me? It's kind of like, how do I get that girl to like me? <laughs> The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Matt Muscat. Matt is a marketing expert, works for a mortgage company out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. One of the cool things about Matt's role, he's been there for 11 years, is his job is actually to help his loan originators, loan officers, to grow their business by going after realtors and building good relationships with realtors. So it's a different conversation than I normally have, but I think you're going to find it useful because we talk about some of the ways he coaches and helps his loan officers to acquire these real estate partners. He talks about how to use social media, like a strategy, a framework that you can apply there. We talk about several different event ideas that you can do as a loan officer or mortgage broker. And he has one single question that he asks every realtor in the first meeting that he says, depending on how they answer that, you can either end the meeting right there or you can continue. And I've never heard this question before, not certainly asked this way. And I think it's a brilliant question. So I think you're going to find that useful. Before we jump into this episode, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application, document collection submission platform, very easy for borrowers to use. One of the cool things they do is as the borrower is filling out the app, it's automatically determining what documents the client needs. That's really useful for you. When the app comes in, you can then go and search lender spotlight, figure out what the rates guidelines are for your client. It's all searchable. And then when you finally get ready to submit, it pulls key data over from the application and makes it easy for your underwriter to actually underwrite your file so you get more yeses. The whole thing is designed to make it seamless and make it easy for you and your borrowers to use. You can check them out at lendesk.com slash Finmo and book a free demo and enjoy this conversation with Matt. Hey, Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott, thank you so much for having me. So it's not very often to get to have another podcaster on the show. So you do have a podcast, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but maybe tell me a little bit about yourself. And I know that you're in the mortgage space in one capacity, but you also have this sort of marketing event. And I happen to also love marketing. So I think this would be a fun conversation. So maybe give me a little background on that. Yeah. So I was finishing university in 2010 and there were no jobs out there because the mortgage industry, you know, threw the entire world economy into the toilet. So of course what happened is I got my degree specialty in internet marketing. And the only company that I could get a job at was a mortgage company. So how about that for irony? Uh, my mom hilarious. told me not to take it, by the way. She was wrong because it's been 11 years now and I have the it's best job in the world. So after 2008, 2000, that whole crisis, I crossed the border once as an American border guard. And she's like, what do you do for a living? And I said, I'm a mortgage broker. I thought she was going to pistol whip me because at the time it was like, you pretty much got... You yeah, caused this. I'm like, oh, dude, like I'm in Canada. Like we'd be in a totally different market. But there was a time where mortgage broker was like a four-letter word. And you know, yeah. now it's changed. But it but, has. And there's yeah. some cities in the US and Canada where the mortgage industry has really rebuilt the entire city. Mm -hmm. Um, just with you know the affordability of housing over the years and whatnot. But anyway, okay, you so, work for a mortgage company. So were you doing originating or what did they have you doing? Wasn't so, you know, with my degree in internet marketing, when I first came on, they said, Hey, can you help us get more leads? And so thankfully, after a couple of months, I was able to help them with the SEO side of it, the online marketing, the email marketing. And then they said, Hey, there are also these people called realtors. If you could get them to like us, 
That would be awesome. They're kind so of a big deal to us. You know, they're kind of a big deal. Can you make that girl like me? It's kind of like, how do I get that girl to like me? <laughs> yeah. So then I became kind of the matchmaker. So I would go out, I would tell realtors like, hey, I can get you some online leads with this SEO stuff, this Facebook stuff. Facebook was new back then, which is a novel concept. And I would help these realtors do that. And then I'd say, but by the way, could you meet with one of my lenders? If you formed a relationship with them, with me, I could maybe make more, you could make more, they could make more, it could be a, a mutually beneficial thing. So I became kind of like the matchmaker within the office. I'd help realtors, I'd help lenders, I'd connect them together and voila, business was there for- So basically for you're a marketing guy. And so how much of your business is actually working with realtors to connect with the lenders at your office? Probably 50%. I mean, every single month I pull the list of the top hundred realtors. I'm holding up a piece of paper right now, but you can't see it. This is a podcast. You picture it in your mind. Yeah, yeah. you can't see it. Picture a piece of paper with the yeah. top hundred realtors in our area. I go through, I look up their numbers. Who do they work with? Who do they not work with? And I try to figure out who in our office would be a good fit. And by looking at their Facebook, their social media, you know, what would our pitch be? Like, what could we offer to this top producing realtor that they might not already have? Okay. So give me an example. You think back in the last quarter, uh, yeah. you looked at this list, you saw a name, you thought, yeah. oh, this is going to work with insert somebody from your company. And then you creeped on them. And then it was actually worked. I just want to walk you through the whole art. Yeah. I'll walk you through a long one. Sure. There's yeah. I guy. love this stuff. So go yeah, ahead. So there was a guy who was probably in the top five on the list every single month for, you know, my whole career. Right. So I started creeping on him on social media. I realized we both really liked wine. We both really like to travel. He's a couple years older than me, but you know, in an industry where everybody's old, we were around the same age. I realized that our wives had a lot in common. So we started talking about wine. We started talking about all the things other than real estate. I never asked him for business. And two or three years later, after we'd hung out a bunch of times, he said, hey, how come you never ask me for business? Or how come you never try to get a loan off me? And I said, hey, because we're friends. I'm happy to talk to you about it. He's like, hey, it's time. So I had a meeting with him. One of our best loan officers, who's also a top producer, has a lot in common. And now fast forward, you know, three years We've done at least 15 transactions with that team every year for the past couple of years. So we slow rolled it, but we connected over a mutual appreciation of fun stuff. And then eventually it led to business. Have you done any others that have been more like, hey, this person likes MMA. I got a loan officer who was MMA. Like, I don't I'm just making crap. Yeah. But like back to the matchmaking, walk me through an example sure. of that. Yeah. Uh, so last month, top realtor for that month, who was actually a new agent. Looked on social media, she had three little children. So she is like a top producing female realtor with three little kids under the age of 10. Wow. I have a loan officer in the exact same situation trying to grow her business. So I fed all that information to my LO. I said, hey, you should reach out to this person. Here's what to say. She was able to set a meeting. And within the first month, we were able to do our first transaction together. Right. Okay. So you're basically trying to figure out, it's not like a formula. It's more relationship-based and so you've worked for the company for 11 years. Obviously, you're making the money. I mean, you wouldn't still be there. You know, these things usually, usually they're like, hey, if this is not working, you're gone. Yeah. So you track sort of how many, we do. what the so every month, impact of that is. The list that we're going through is usually somewhere around 40 to 50 people that we're trying to reach out to or get our staff to reach out to. We're typically setting about 12 meetings off of that list directly from my team's efforts. Out of those 12 meetings, we're typically getting deals from about a third of them. So four of them out of 12 within two months. First lead comes in within two months. But I could tell you, looking back at the list of the top 10 realtors that our office works with, probably 50% or more came from these meetings at some point in history. And do you set up the meetings or do they? So like if you Both. go and- Whoever has the best reason to reach out. 
So for the example of the realtor with three kids, I set up my loan officer to directly reach out to that person because I wanted the connection to be with them. But then I did come to their first meeting just to add some extra marketing value. So then when, when you come to a meeting, what are you bringing? What yeah. does that look like? So let's say I'm a top realtor. I got, you know, six kids and the loan officer, six kids. My brother-in-law has six kids. So I said that, you know, slap me if I wanted six kids. Six. But, so what do you do at that meeting? So typically I'm going to really pour into them and make them realize that the difference between working with any other company and us is that we're really going to pour into them and add value to help get them more business. We're not just going to close their loans in 12 to 15 days. We're actually going to go above and beyond and help them with their marketing since I'm the marketing person. So they're not just getting the loan officer. They're also getting me and my team. So that usually starts with an interview. Where do you get your business from? What did you do to get your last deal? And typically I'm going to find that, oh, they have this big database, but they're not working it. So I'm going to give them three to four emails that they could send out this month, next month, and the month after to their past clients, to their leads that never got back with them, to their old Zillow leads that they haven't talked to in forever. And they are immediately going to see return on those emails or on those text messages. Maybe it's a letter. It could be anything. Right. Okay. So you basically, you're trying to figure out one of my buddies who's a fairly successful mortgage business. He always trying to match like what their problem is and then trying to help them game plan solutions. You have to, be, you have to find the medicine to loans, their pain. You can focus on the marketing. And so you're like a marketing you know, consultant essentially that works for the realtor paid for by the loan company. So what is right now the top two or three things that your realtor partners that you're finding that they're really appreciating in this market, given that it's changed? I don't know where it is in, like yeah. in Michigan, but it's definitely changed where we are. Yeah. So the number one thing in the last two weeks specifically, so, you know, we're in July of 2022 right now. So this is probably still great in August and September, depending on when you're listening to this. Right now, the big thing is that, yes, the market has shifted all around the world. I was just in Paris. The market has shifted there too. There is more inventory than there was. Inventory was tight for the past three years. It is slowly creeping back on the market. Plus with interest rates higher, that has eliminated some competition. I am having all of my agents, lenders, everybody make a strategic plan to reach out to all of their leads from the past three years to educate them on what's actually happening in the market before they simply choose not to call you because of all of the doom and gloom that they hear in the media. You need to take control of the message. Otherwise, the media is going to do it for you. Realistically, it is still a great time to buy. And it's even better than it was last year and the year before because there's less competition. We're even seeing people getting offers accepted with zero down stuff again. We haven't seen that in probably four to five years. Right. So, so it's less competitive. It's all about how the perspective, right? Yeah. Less inventory, more inventory, sorry, less competitive. And mortgages are a long-term game anyway. So the mortgage rate is just like, that's one piece of the entire. We say, process. we tell people all the time and our female loan officers do great with this one, but we say you marry the house, but you only date the rate. Ooh, that's good. We marry the house and date the rate. I mean, realistically, like if you talk to anyone who has been around for a long time, 20, 30 years, there's multiple opportunities to refinance, right? Are we going to get back to 2%? Who knows? Maybe not. Are we going to eventually get up to 10%? Likely, yes, at some point. But is there a good chance that there will be at least one day in the next five years where rates are below what they are today? Absolutely. Right. So marry the house, date the rate. That's really Oh, and by the way, rent costs are definitely going to go up, right? Like if mortgage costs are going up and the landlords are having to pay more to buy the investment, you can be darn sure that rent prices are going to go up. So would you rather be owning or renting? Or renting. Yeah. It's just, it's a no brainer. Okay. So have you heard of something called the nine word email? No, but tell me more. 
Okay, so it's by Dean Jackson, and Dean Jackson is a real estate trainer. And one of the most effective emails they send is, you know, subject line, hey, Bob, or quick question, hey, are you still looking for a place in, insert the name of the place? Like, so in your area, what's the name of a subdivision that somebody would buy in? Uh, East Grand Rapids. East Grand Rapids. Are you still looking for a place in East Grand Rapids? Question mark. Scott, that email, the response rate, they go, oh, I got a place. Oh, I didn't get a place. Like the response rate is off the shizzle on that thing. So do a keyword search in nine word email. You'll find articles on it. Dean Jackson is the creator. I can't take credit for it, but it's a great way to engage your past database. I love that. Yeah. A really similar one that I always recommend. And we talk about it a little bit in the book. We call it the three by three, or you can do five by five. And the idea is if you were a realtor every single day, and you can tell your realtors this, and you guys can all listen to this, steal this from me and give it to your agents. You will look like a hero. Every single day, they should be picking out three listings that just came on the market and choosing three past customers or leads each to send that to with just a cool note like, hey, I remember two years ago, you were looking at modern houses. This popped up, thought you'd want to see it. Or, hey, saw this house popped up. It's right next door to you. Check out how much it's going for. You want to get people thinking about real estate. You want to stay in front of them on something pertinent that you know that they will care about. But it really solves a crucial problem. The number one reason that most lenders and realtors don't reach out to their clients is because they don't know what to say. I don't know to talk about. Yeah, they don't know what to talk about. Like They want to reach out. They want the business, but they have no idea what to say and they just don't do it. So by right. simply picking something that updates every day, which is listings, there's always a new one, and then sending it to different people every day, you're constantly feeding your content. And lenders could do a version of the same thing, right? Because if they do find the house, they can give you the loan. Right. You know, I saw one service, I'm in Canada, you're in the US, but that basically allowed you to keep tabs on your neighbor's house's prices. Oh. We use Homebot for that. What do you guys Yeah, use? yeah. So like, yeah, they have a different service up here because Homebot's not in Canada, but I interviewed actually the founder of Homebot at one point. But I think it's a great idea because it's like, the only thing I want to know more is like, what is my neighbor's house worth? And I probably think mine is worth more. But like, and if it goes on the market or like, I want to know these things. This is data that's like, that's a useful thing. Even if I'm not looking at selling right away, it's going to keep me top of mind. And yeah. So how does HomeBot work? How are you guys using it? Tell me about that. Yeah. So HomeBot, you know, I like to say to everyone, like all of these tools, like all of this amazing technology that we have is great, but it's kind of a gimmick, right? Because at the end of the day, sales is just a person-to-person game. So what we use HomeBot for is we give all of our clients access six months after closing to figure out how much their home is worth and to figure out what's going on in their neighborhood. The way that we brand it, though, is where I really think the money's at. And we brand it as in this way of, hey, you primarily thought that you were working with us to get into debt. However, the main reason we want to be here for you now is to keep you educated and up on your finances so that you constantly know the value of your house, which is likely your biggest asset. It's kind of like reaching out to your clients to let them know that like you want to empower them to be educated on what their biggest asset is worth. Like their financial advisor, at least in the US, financial advisors have to let you know what your assets are worth at least four times a year. I'm assuming in most countries it's similar. You do, there's laws around like you can't just take their money and never talk to them. Right. Otherwise, we would all do it. Like, give me your yeah. money, Scott. Like, that yeah. sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, but but, I'll e-transfer it to you. <laughs> yeah, right. But in general, like, you know, real estate agents and mortgage companies, we get people into this mountain of debt, but then most of us don't actually stay up with them on what their assets are worth. And I think it's a huge missed opportunity. Right. Okay. So there's a couple of topics. So if you guys are listening to this, a couple of things. One, Matt has a podcast called Marketing Other Markets, which why don't you explain what that is so yeah. people are listening to it? Thank you. 
So it's a podcast we launched about two years ago. Every two weeks, we interview a top producing realtor or a lender from around the U.S. or Canada. Although I would totally take Mexico or somewhere else. If you find the right, per, yeah, it's just, find it, the right person. I know. I'm always looking for like that different angle or different perspective, yeah. right? But my whole goal is that on every episode, we keep it under 30 minutes because I respect your time. And we want to really give one specific tangible idea that you can use to generate a lead today off of every single episode. We have bonus episodes that feature more on the psychology of real estate, the psychology of sales, but all of our main episodes, the two a month ones, those are all tangible tips from actual producers who are still in the business. Right. Okay. So there's a couple of subtopics that you kind of have some expertise in that also covered in your book. So social media, new agent strategy, events at work of those ones, which one do you think it would be the most useful to talk about right now? Uh, we'll do social media strategy. Sure. Give me some idea on this for our listeners. And this is mortgage brokers, loan officers. Give us some ideas on social media. So the big thing with social media is that mortgages are boring. So when you wonder why social media hasn't worked for you very well in the past couple of years, it's because if you're only using it for mortgages and for business, it's too boring and it never gets ahead of the algorithm. The algorithm, again, is kind of the engine that drives Facebook, Instagram. Every social media site has an algorithm, but most of what I talk about is going to be Facebook, Instagram specific. So the overall idea is that you have a personal page, you have a business page. You are a salesperson, person being the keyword. Your clients want to hear from you personally, and anything you do on your business page is automatically going to be less effective because Facebook and Instagram don't want your business pages to succeed. Well, Facebook specifically, Instagram, you can still do business, which is fine. Facebook doesn't want your business page to succeed unless you pay. And in the US and many other countries, you can't even post mortgage information without having your ad disqualified. So for the purposes of a personal profile, the big thing that you need to do is come up with three to five personas or topics, types of things, categories that you're gonna commit to posting about. And then set the total number of posts and pieces of content that you're gonna post per week. The idea being, you know, if you were to post three to five times a week and maybe 10 stories a week, and you were to vary the topics, one could be about mortgages, one could be about the community, one could be about your family, and then three of them would be about your various hobbies. For me, that's like wine, watches, and traveling with my family. So what happens is different consumers out there are going to engage with different pieces of your content. Like Scott and I might engage on each other's mortgage content because we're both in that and interested. Right. But someone else, like my wife, might engage when Scott posts about, you know, Gucci shoes. I know that's, you know, your big hobby. That's my thing, man. I, I'm just, yeah, I'm exactly. just kidding. <laughs> Only on Tuesdays. But the idea is that it doesn't matter why a client is engaging with you. Because if they're engaging with you about shoes on a Tuesday and you post something really great about mortgages on a Wednesday, they're going to start seeing your mortgage stuff more too. So my right. goal is to just post enough pieces of bait out there to get people that I haven't talked to recently in a conversation so that the algorithm starts sending them all of my other posts. It works brilliantly and I can use that to set meetings. Right. Do you have like, so if I'm doing a piece of mortgage content, do you have a framework or strategy for how I should deliver it? Like, hey, check out these in, like, you know, I'm curious what you recommend there. Yeah, so for types of posts, the name of the game is diversity. So what I mean by that is take all the types of posts. You have static images, you have images with text, you have videos, you have reels, you can do polls, you can do all that stuff. You wanna do a mix because Facebook and Instagram both reward users who are utilizing their entire array of content opportunities. So, you know, if you want to design a cute post with like a background image and some words over it, I think that's great. You can do that really easily with customer reviews. You could use a tool like Canva to do that. 
and it would also help you to add some order and patterns to your postings. In terms of like coming up with the content to post, the easiest thing to do is to find 15 to 20 other mortgage brokers, other mortgage bankers around the country, around another country. Other markets, um, maybe yeah, they're marketing find, in other markets. Find them in other markets, yeah, marketing yeah, in other markets. It's an idea. Like Figure out what there. they're doing, but if you start following 15 of them, every time you log on, you're gonna see something cool. And then I would just forward that to an internal folder to say, do this when I get to my one hour a week where I'm focusing on social media marketing. Yeah, that's a really good tip because sometimes just the ideas are the hardest part. And yeah. you just find other ideas and then put your own spin on it, do your own like, you know, oh, okay, take a couple ideas and combine them. I like that idea a lot. So another topic that I know that you have a lot of knowledge in is this new agent strategy. So talk to me about sort of what you guys do there. So new agents, I think are a huge opportunity. You know, I think most of us who have tried to get realtor business before, we imagine it like this. Like when I talk to agents and they think about lenders, they think of like, Realtors being the pretty girl in school and lenders being all the creepy guys trying to get with them without offering anything of value. And I think sometimes we as lenders feel the same way. Like we're just like, we're gonna cold call 500 realtors. Why would they wanna to talk to us? You have to offer something. So a really easy thing to offer to a new agent who just needs some value is a headshot. So for instance, you could find your local real estate photographer or a local photography friend, and you could do a once a month headshot day where you pay the photographer a couple hundred bucks, they come to a spot in your community and they take headshots of all the realtors who wanna come. You get to be there to shake hands with every single one. A lot of new realtors will come to this event and you'll be able to ask them questions, set meetings, et cetera. So let's jump into the meetings. The number one question to ask a new realtor in a meeting, where did you expect your business to come from when you decided to get into real estate? Depending on how they answer that, you are going to make that meeting be done immediately and save yourself some time, or you're gonna keep it going and really nurture it. If you talk to that realtor and they say, you know what, I was working some other dead end job and I just wanted something a little bit more flexible, cut the meeting right now. They're not gonna put the effort in. They're never gonna go anywhere. But if you're talking to that agent and they tell you that they're super involved in their soccer team or in their PTO with their kid's school, or maybe their church or God knows what it is, that's someone that at least has ties to the community that you can help them work those groups they have, work that sphere of influence, develop it into a marketable list that you guys can attack together. The purpose of a realtor meeting isn't just for you to tell them that you do XYZ type of loans. Like they could figure that out on their own. Maybe they want to know the very basics. But the purpose of a realtor meeting is to really get to know them and to figure out, you know, how could you help them grow? Like, how can you guys help each other? Is this going to be a relationship that goes somewhere? Right, right. That's really good advice, actually. So where did you expect you? I expected to get it from you, Mr. Loan Officer. Oh, yeah. okay. You know, like it kind of gives you a sense for even their maturity and understanding how business works. Right. Because I mean, if you, yeah. you know, let's say that they're at a huge brokerage, like, right, like maybe they're at Remax, like a lot of my favorite agents are at Remax. And they tell you that they were told by the broker that they were going to be given all kinds of leads. Well, you know, that's not true. Right. Leads are worth money. Like why wouldn't the broker have just taken that million dollar listing? Why would they give it to you? Like if they really just don't get it, it's going to be tough. And sometimes something that's worked incredibly well for us, you might have that new realtor meeting. And because you're already an industry expert, you might be able to connect that new agent with one of your existing teams who needs more help, who needs more buyer's agents. That can be a huge win because you've changed that person's life and you've done a solid for one of your best agents. Right, right. That's really good. 
you know, it makes me think about like this idea of community marketing strategy. So like go after a niche. I know some mortgage brokers and some, some realtors that target very specific communities or could be like a mountain bike group or, you know, you do have to fish in very specific ponds. If everybody could be your customer, then probably nobody's going to be your customer. And it's better to be, you know, to focus on that. I think that's a really good advice. So what about events? So maybe we'll touch on this. So like when you do events, so when you talk about was the headshot idea, I think that's a yeah. great idea. What other kind of tips would you have for somebody wanting to do events? So the biggest thing for events is that you're either doing a big event or small events. Now that's really going to depend on your budget. You know, if you're the branch manager doing a big event that some of your newer salespeople can get involved in is usually going to be a great way to go. But if you're a younger loan officer, maybe you're newer to the business, you don't have a ton of money to spend on this. I would highly consider micro events. Here's my top number one micro events. The next time you have a closing with one of your favorite realtors, you guys should tag team hosting either one of two things, either a moving day party for the clients where you guys bring beer, pizza, and literally help them to move some boxes, or you offer to host a housewarming party with the realtor for the customers that you work with. That's more my days jam. After I don't want to move anything. I'm like, forget the move. Like, when I moved recently, I'm like, we hired a mover. I mean, I had to do work, but I was like, I don't ask people to move because being it's in the big. business since 2006, I know people moving all the time. I would be moving nonstop. So, well, so for yeah, a housewarming party. Yeah, I will I'm say good. this for someone that has no budget, the moving day thing, the reason it works so well is because the only people that a homeowner invites to help them move are people that can't say no, like their parents and their best friends. That's true. So You're going to get their really close people. You, you are inserting yourself as like the most influential person in that person's life. And in this competitive market where so many of their friends aren't getting into a home because their agent and their lender isn't doing a good job, you have now positioned yourself as the expert that got it done. But yes, I don't think I would personally help someone move because that sounds like my worst. But if you're a better. new mortgage broker, loan officer, that could be a great, you yeah. know, we'll do that with your realtor partner. That the you guys the, now the housewarming party is money because at a housewarming party, you can buy, uh, you know, wine, some charcuterie, whatever that might be. And then you can even give them invites to send out to all the neighbors. All the neighbors that come are going to come because they want to know about the house. They want to meet their new neighbors. They're also going to have all of their friends and family over, and you are going to be the kind of like unsung hero of the event, who is the reason that the people got into the house in the first place. Right. It is probably for our lenders who are doing those micro parties, it is one of the number one ways that they're picking a business, and it's high quality business. Yeah, it's yeah, because you're you getting people in the same neighborhood, and there's like, yeah. that's actually a really good, and the realtors should be doing stuff like that too. I mean, in the current market, if you need more, you know, opportunities, that's a great idea for realtors to yeah. also put together. The other realtor one that I've seen work really well is a lot of people will do kind of like power happy hours. And what those are is once a month, you have a happy hour of six to 10 of your clients who you think would get along because they're in complementary industries. And the idea is that like, you're going to be the connector that brings together a bunch of like, maybe it's all high net worth individuals, or maybe it's all of your nurse clients that you think would get along, or maybe it's all of like families that are new to the area that don't know anyone. And the idea is that you kind of become the center of a new network. There will almost always be at least one friendship formed from that event. And you then become one of the central points. You're in the connector. Area. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, like, that's how my network, I'm not like a go and shake hands and kiss papers, lots of people, but I love connecting other people because then if you connect them, you're seen as a, influential to both people. So it's very good. Yeah, it's all social capital, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell me about your book. So some of this stuff you obviously from your book that we touched on. So where can people get your book? What's it called? 
And so we can point people in that direction. Easiest place to get the book internationally would probably be Amazon. Uh, it's on Amazon uh, US as well as Canada. And it's called the Tangible Action Guide for Real Estate Marketing. The acronym is TAG. You can also search my name, Matt Muscat, M-U-S-C-A-T. If you're a lender and you want to do bulk orders and get copies of the books for your realtors, you can do that on mattsmuscat.com. We do discounts on bulk orders. But the overall concept for the book is it's a choose your own adventure guide. So every chapter is a short two to five pages. We talk about everything from old school letters that you can send out to everything new school, such as the Facebook, Instagram algorithm and how to work that. There's some especially good chapters on kind of prospecting by job title and figuring out like, hey, who are the people in my sphere of influence? What do they do for a living? And what is the deeper opportunity to get referrals from them beyond from like their own buying or selling a house once every 10 years? Like, what do they do for a living? And how could you go deeper with them on that? But also like, how could you refer them? You know, one of the easiest ways to get a referral is to give one. So we talk about things like that. It's a short read and I hope you enjoy. Yeah, that's really good. So you can get it on Amazon and it's specifically made for realtors. So, I mean, you could use it, you could modify it for a loan originator. The first right? probably eight chapters are realtor or lender interchangeable. It's about building your database. It's about time blocking. It's about the basics of email marketing, mail marketing, social media. And then in later chapters, the shift focuses to, you know, specific realtor marketing that if you're a lender, you could do with your agents. So you've obviously got loan officers at you know, your company that you specifically help, but at other companies, what's the best idea or tactic that someone's used your book to help them like, you know, grow their business? I'm thinking as a loan officer, so mortgage broker. Yeah. So probably the number one tactic has been, we have a couple of chapters that really discuss going deep and being a connector to get channel accounts. And a channel account is a referral source that kind of keeps on giving someone that gives you multiple streams of business. So we have a couple loan officers who, after reading that chapter and putting a plan together for looking deeper at all of their past clients, they were able to connect with various builders, divorce attorneys, accountants. I mean, even jewelry shop attendants, they were then able to like form a deeper relationship with and create channel accounts that, you know, frankly, five years later are still providing leads. Right. That's amazing. Okay. Matt, thanks for chatting with me. Where can people find you on Instagram and where yeah. are your socials? Hit me up on Instagram. We can talk real estate. We can talk wine, watches, anything you want. It's Matt Muscat 88. That's probably the best place to get me. Otherwise, LinkedIn, I post with, a lot of the other 87 numbers articles. taken. There's the other Matt Muscat 87s were like, screw you, man. Or it was just Y88. Is that your when you're born? No, my original Instagram was I got on like, you know, the first year Instagram came out, but it was originally I was the food venturer because I wanted the focus of my Instagram not to be real estate. I wanted it to be food and travel. And then I was like, you know what? I do real estate marketing all day. This should be my focus. So I changed it. And when I changed yeah. it, there were 87 other me's. Right. It's like, what the heck, man? Okay. Well, hey, I really appreciate chatting with you guys. Go check out Matt's site and get a copy of that book. I think it'll be really helpful for you and your real partners. Thanks, Scott. Hey, thanks again for listening to my conversation with Matt. Hopefully you picked up some ideas to help you grow your mortgage business. A couple quick things. If you are in the mortgage space and you're like, hey, I want to improve my game. I want to work better with realtors. Go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com, set up a free power search tool, and you can literally keyword search all of our past episodes, find everywhere the word realtor is mentioned or realtor strategy, realtor tip, realtor tactic. And you can jump right to those episodes and you can even copy any of the script or language out of it. It's very powerful. It's totally free. Check it out at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. And thanks again for listening to this episode.
This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.